Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I'm going to start out with Luke chapter 11, and I'm just going to read one verse. And it says, And it came to pass that he is, when he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John has taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. That's what my subject is today. It's about prayer. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful, Lord God, for this time and opportunity, Lord God, to study your word. We pray, Lord God, that you will teach us, Lord God, this day, Lord God. We want to be able to communicate with you better, Lord, have a good conversation with you, Lord, and give you the glory and honor in our lives and our bodies and souls and spirit, Lord. And we'll give you the praise and glory today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask it, Lord. Amen. Um, sometimes I think this can be a little bit of a tough subject. I haven't heard a lot of people speak just directly about prayer. I know we speak a little bit here and there about it. Um, but I, as far as I'm concerned, prayer is the most important thing you can do as a Christian. It really is. I mean, you can be a great teacher, a preacher, you know. There's a men that are really anointed, and next thing you know, you hear that they're falling back, you know. Um, so I think if you develop a great relationship with God, have a great prayer life, um, you'll do well. And prayer, of course, is communication. It's our approach towards God. Communication, what is it? Well, it's a transfer of information or of facts, your wishes, your emotions. That's what we do when we speak to people. And this is our expression of myself to God. How do I want to express myself to God? That's what I do in prayer. It's not hard. I mean, lots of times we overthink prayer, I think. Um, prayer, worship, and intercession are a go-between or making uh, supplication for others is really, really important. And there's three Ps I want to talk about. One thing is patience. You know, you need to be patient when you pray. You know, sometimes we really want an answer fast. I need it right now, Lord. Help me quick. Um, but we need to be patient. Um, Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But if you wait upon the Lord, um, then shall you renew your strength. You will mount up with wings of eagle, and you will run and shall not be weary, and you shall walk and shall not faint. I'll tell you one thing. I'd like to be able to run around and not weary, huh? And older I get, it's easier to weary, you know, as you get older. <laughs> so we need to wait on the Lord, and we need to be persistent. You know, um, sometimes, you know, we take the verse, you know, without vain, you know, repetition, you know, we think, well, we just can't keep praying the same thing. Well, I'm going to tell you something, um, and a lot of you probably do know about my, my father receiving the Holy Ghost here at Abundant Life. And my wife and I, we've been in the church since 1981. So it doesn't mean that we haven't witnessed to my dad, but it took a lot of years. So you got to be persistent and patient and God will answer your prayers. So we need to be persistent. Achieve something against all odds in the face of all opposition. Now in Luke 18 and 1, it says, um, this is from the Living Bible. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story, an illustration, it says, of the need to be consistent in prayer and show them that they must keep praying until they get the answer. You know, we need to keep praying. Keep on praying, be persistent. And we need to be pers perseverance. You need to pursue in despite of the obstacles. Daniel prayed for 21 days. He's praying and fasting. You know, he hadn't had an answer. 
But he kept on praying, kept on praying until he got his answer. This is a spiritual conversation you're having with God. It goes beyond the natural. This is supernatural, guys. Uh, Jesus came from an unseen world. He sees everything that is out there. You know, I don't see the demons that are running around me, but he does. He knows them by name. He sees all the demons that are working against us, all the powers. He's familiar with it. He knows the forces. He knows what's beyond the veil, and we do not. That's why we need God's superpower, supernatural power, to go beyond the veil for us. And this is a pretty familiar scripture, Ephesians 6 and 12, but I really feel it's relevant because it's so important to what we, we are really wrestling against. It says, for we wrestle not, we don't contend, or especially um, in order to gain mastery, this is what we do, we wrestle. To gain the mastery against what? Not against our flesh and blood, the natural, but against principalities and which, which, when I looked this up, I thought this was kind of different. You know, principalities, when I looked it up in the Bible dictionary, it says a scenely of order of angels. You know, we're working against spiritual wickedness in high places. And um, this one dictionary I looked up, it actually says it's the seventh order of nine angels. So we are working, and we are working against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses in high places. So when you read this, you ought to know, I can't do this on my own. This is flesh. How am I going to work? How do I fight against the spirit? I can't see that. I need divine power, strength, through the supernatural, God Almighty. You can't say that you don't need to pray. Um, We've got this one tape from Brother Lance Appleton. um, And it says, one of the uh, verses in there goes like this a little bit. It says, you are not a weakling. Everyone needs to pray. You know, you might think, well, I don't know. You know, and you don't want to come up and pray. You know, I don't want anybody to think I've got issues. You need to pray. You know, we all do. I don't care how strong you think you are. You know, like Brother Kali has mentioned numerous times, he saw a lot of many men of God fall. Don't think that we're too much above this, man. We need to pray. And when we read this scripture in Ephesians, we ought to see that we really need to pray because we are in such a spiritual battle for our souls. The accuser of the brethren, Satan, is cast down, and he's going before God accusing you all the time. You know, he puts thoughts in you and go, oh, look at God, look what he just did. <laughs> you know, he's always accusing you before God. We need an advocate, and that's what Jesus is. First John talks about that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is your attorney. He is your lawyer. He will plead your case for you. That's what a good lawyer does. So go to your lawyer and be honest with him. Now, before I was in the Lord, I had gotten myself in a bit of trouble. Um, some of you might know my story a little bit. But I was a little bit wild. I was pretty much out in the world. And um, I'd gotten myself in some trouble, so I had to have a, a court-appointed attorney given to me. And, you know, here I'm a little wise guy. You know, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been married. I was pretty young yet. And um, this little guy comes in, and he's asking my story. You know, I just lied away, I'll tell you. <laughs> I wouldn't tell him anything. And he looked at me, and you know what? He knew everything. He had 
everything of the story down to the T. He knew the story before I gave it to him. Isn't that just like God? God knows your story before you give it to him. You know, and he told me, unless I be honest with him, he can't represent me. You need to be totally honest with God in your prayer. Just lay it all out to him. Everything you need, give it to God in prayer. You really do. Be honest with God. And how did we get here? You know, God created man to have communication with him. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had direct communication with God. They heard the voice of God in the garden. How would you like to hear that? Oh, Dan, how you doing there? Oh, God, I'm doing great. You know, that'd be pretty cool. You know, that's how it was with Adam. And sometimes it's hard for us because we're praying to a spiritual being that we cannot see. And sometimes it's hard to understand, does God really hear me? But I'm telling you, he does hear you. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God in the garden as God would call out to him. But sin broke that relationship. And so what had happened, and when, I, when you look at scripture, it says, well, why would the disciples of Jesus ask him how to pray? These are Jews. Don't they know how to pray? Well, remember uh, the apostles in the garden? They fell asleep pretty easy while Jesus was praying. He asked them, why could you even tarry with me one hour? So don't think they're all just great prayer warriors off the bat. You know, they needed to learn to pray also. That's why they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. We need to be taught. We need to learn. Sin broke that communication. So what did we do? We always had go-betweens. They had prophets. They didn't go to God on their own. A prophet came and told them what God said. And then they had the priesthood. The priest would go before the ark and bring before their sins and the issues that they had. They had go-betweens. But now we don't. We can go before God ourselves. Amen. I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read 1 and 2. I probably always give you, I always give too many scriptures. I, I'm crazy about scriptures, but just the way I am. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Amen. Okay, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compressed about with so great of a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily do beset us, and let us run with patience. Here it says, We need to run this race with patience. That is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. I look at this and I think, you know what? What joy would it be to go to a cross and die? Does that look pretty joyful? I think today, I think, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go die on a cross. That sounds pretty joyful, doesn't it? I don't think that sounds so joyful, but for the joy that was set before him, you and me. You know, he endured the cross for us. You don't think that God wants a relationship? That's why I talk about, I talk about prayer, you know. Doesn't God hear me? Yes, he does. God wants a relationship with you very badly. He loves us. And so for cheerful delight, God went to the cross for us. Jesus, even in the Passover, what does he say at the Passover meal? He says, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. He desires fellowship. That's what God wants. He created you and me to have fellowship with him. 
It doesn't have to be eloquent. You ain't going to pray like I pray, and I'm not going to pray like you pray. Pray the way you pray. (laughs) And don't be afraid of it. Don't be ashamed of it. We all pray different. We all talk different. Some of us talk more than other people, and some of us talk less. So don't worry about it. You know, pray. You know, don't don't make it difficult. It, It is not difficult. And we being the bride of Christ, shouldn't we want to develop a relationship with our husband? You know, husbands and wives can say amen to that. We need to develop a relationship. I can tell you I'm not always the best at it, but I'm not always the best communicator. But I do pray I don't cease. And there is one verse in the Bible, and I know a lot of us, we look at this, and it says 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, and we know people talk about it all the time because it says pray without ceasing. And they look, we've got to pray all the time. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have not ceased from working. But I'm not working all the time. That's what that verse means. It means don't stop. Don't cease from praying. Doesn't mean you're going to be praying every minute. But don't cease. Don't stop. Brother Kylie, here it is. What does Brother Kylie say about prayer? Well, no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Believe that. You can have much power as you want. You, you, you decide. You decide how close you want to get to your spouse by your prayers and by how much you want to have a relationship with him. Um, remember, like I said, Jesus' disciples even couldn't pray for even one hour. Something. But um, I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 4 and 13. And it says now, and when he saw the, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they were marvelled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. These guys are a little bit different here now, aren't they? Because they had been with Jesus. You know, people will note that you have been with the Lord. My wife and I talk about this all the time. People say, well, you know, they don't have opportunities to witness. Well, you need to spend a little more time with the Lord. You will find opportunities to pray. I mean, you will find opportunities to witness. You will be, I guarantee it. You don't have to be a a shouter. And like I said, Nat, God will bring it to you. I guarantee it. So learn to pray. Have that communication that you have been with the Lord. Now, before I get into how to pray, I want to get you to see what, what prayer really can do. And God gave me this story, and I don't know if I've ever, maybe I've heard it preached, but I don't remember. I've ever heard this preached like this, but this is what God's given me about Esther. Okay, the story of Esther, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. Um, what I want to talk about is, is the relationship that she had with the king, her husband. Now, before this, the king was married to Vastar, and He calls her, he commands her to go before him. And she wouldn't come. So she was not obeying the king's command. So what the king and the the other people decided to do, the rulers of the land says, you know, she really messed, she can't do this. She's not obeying your commands. So he decides to give her a bill basically of divorcement. He's going to set her to the side. And he's going to choose a new queen or a new wife. 
And when I look at that little bit there, I'm looking at, you know, didn't Israel do the same thing? Israel did the same thing. They did not obey God's command. So what did God decide to choose? He chose a new wife. He chose us. And the king, of course, he lines up choosing Esther. Now, before Esther lines up having to go before the king and requesting the saving of the people. If you remember the story, um, Haman, he's getting the king to line up killing all the Jews off because he didn't like what, what uh, Mordecai did. He didn't Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. Now, she was going to go before the king, and to go before a king here, she could not go before him unless the sepulcher was handed out to him. She was risking her life to go before the king. You know, and, and Mordecai let Esther know that, you know, don't think that you can stay in this palace. Don't think you can just sit here and do nothing that your life's going to be spared. Because everybody's going to get, all the Jews are going to die. You're going to die also. But didn't Jesus tell us, if you save your life, you will lose it. And if you lose your life, you will gain it. Kind of like Esther. She had to take a chance. And so... Israel, the bride, or of course us. There's Haman in the story, like I said. He was upset with Mordecai. He wouldn't, Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. And he gets the king to line up wiping out the, all the Jews. That's what he wanted his attention was. Because he says, you know what? These, there's a people around here that don't obey you. And he's making acquisitions against the people. And isn't that what Satan does? I just said, he accuses the brethren. Here's Haman. He is kind of like the accuser of the brethren as Satan was. And what does Haman get to do? He gets the king to put a death sentence on the Jews. Isn't that what we all had? A death sentence on us? But the preacher, Mordecai, he gets the queen, the bride, to make intercession for the people. Isn't that what the preaching does? It makes intercession for the people. I want you to get all this because I hope you're getting it here. He's going to make, she's going to make intercession for the people. Now, she goes before the king and she receives favor to save the people. And what is wonderful is, is because of that, the people of the land were so afraid of the Jews at the time. What did they do? They became Jews. Isn't that what our goal is? Amen. To win other people to Christ. And that's what happened here. Um, and then after that, I want to I read Esther chapter 8 and 17. I, just, I, had to, I got this at the last minute. I guess this is one of my last little, little notes here. Esther 8 and 17. Eight and seventeen, and it says, "In every province, in every city, wherever the king's command and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness. Then they had a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews, for they feared the Jews that fell upon them." Well, I'm going to tell you, someday there's going to be everlasting joy. And someday there is going to be a feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So I just had to relate that story to you. And the reason why I did that, it, it's so related to us 
that what really happened with prayer and fasting, just think if this would have not happened. Just think if this girl did not go before the king, did not do this, we, what would have happened? Would there have been a Messiah? He's, you know, Jesus came through this bloodline. He's from the Jews. This is an amazing story, church. I, I love this story, and it's really, really cool. Amen. I don't know if you guys didn't all get that. It's all right, but let's praise God. Maybe it was just for me. But praise the Lord. So now I want to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read 9 through 13. And it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. <clears throat> on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So this is the Lord's Prayer and we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not our prayer, it's the Lord's Prayer. That's why you say it that way. And and I don't care if you repeat this, but this prayer is not personal nor is it detailed. It gives an outline. It says, after this manner, which means a fashion or a style. It doesn't say, repeat after me. The Living Bible in chapter, Matthew chapter 6 and 7, it says, don't repeat the same prayer over and over again like the heathens do. In verse 9 in that, in that Bible, it also says, um, pray along these lines. Pray in this manner. Pray on these lines. So he gives us an outline. And he doesn't go into detail exactly how, because your prayer is personal. It is. Your prayer is different than mine. He's not going to tell you the exact words, what you're going to say. You go through something different every day. Use this form or format. It's good. The prayer starts out with worship and praise. It acknowledges who he is, gives respect that he deserves, him being so far up in heaven. It says... After this matter, our Father which art in heaven, it acknowledges he's way above you. He's up in heaven and I'm down here. He's way above me. You give him, he deserves that he does. Hallowed be his name. You hallow him. He is holy. He is pure. He is blameless. We are sinners and he is not. You know, we do. We need to come before him. And when you come before him with worship and praise, you get his attention. That's what it does. It gets God's attention. Your praise and worship will, you entertain God's presence and he comes. Just like the Bible talks about, but thou art holy who inhabits what? The praises of Israel. God will inhabit those praises. Um, Let's turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark 6, 22 and through 23. And it says, When the daughter of <clears throat> Herodias came in and danced, it pleased Herod the king here, and them that sat there. And the king said unto the damsel, Ask me whatsoever you will, and I will give it thee. And he swore unto her, Whatsoever you will ask, I will give it thee, un- even unto the half of the kingdom. Now, it really shows in those times that they entertain the king, they would dance, they would do something. And you would get his attention, he would, make, he would give you your request. 
And that's what we do with God. Now, I don't want to say it, you just do that just purposely to get something from God. But you sincerely are worshiping him, sincerely loving him, sincerely praising him, guarantee you he's hearing you. I honestly, no doubt about it, I, I can feel the presence of God. Honestly, you, if you get a hold of God and worship, God's there. Once you got his attention, you need to let it out and you need to talk to God honestly, fairly about your situations and your issues in your life. I'm going to tell you, this is going to change you. If you learn to pray, if you get a hold of God, it will change you. Really. You want a strong body? You want a strong church? Pray for this church. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the lost. If this church prays, we are going to see a great 2021 church. Amen. And it it might be that's purposely why God waited until this time to bring this before you because we need to learn to pray we need to get his attention through prayer and worship then it goes on to say thy kingdom come thy will be done we need to pray the kingdom we need to be able to reach the lost and it says as it is in heaven i'll tell you i'd like the earth to be as it is in heaven wouldn't you amen that should be great (laughs) Well, that's what you're praying for. I want it to be just like heaven. I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and 18. I'm going to have to really move. I'm really taking a long time. 6 and 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching whereunto with all perseverance. There it is. You persevere and supplication for all saints. You don't know what to pray. Pray in the spirit. God gave you the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit if you can't. If you don't have nothing to pray, start out praying, I pray in the Spirit. There's many times I'll do that. Um, Jenny Miller, which is uh, a pretty good friend of Trudy and I, she's the one that taught us home Bible study. I'll tell you one thing, she prays in the Holy Ghost a lot. I mean a lot. Because we don't always know exactly. Like I said, this is a spiritual war, so learn to pray in the Spirit. Go ahead, speak out, don't be afraid. Well, you know, maybe I should, you know, we always try to put our own words... Pray in the Spirit if you don't have the words, okay? And very, very important. Pray in the Spirit. And uh, <clears throat> you talk about he- God hearing you. I, when I talk about being persistent, um, I, I, I remember the story of Abraham, and he didn't get the answer he really wanted because he was talking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he first started out with 50. You know, you guys remember the story? You know, if there be 50 righteous, you're not going to destroy the city. And he said, sure. He got them all the way down to 10. <laughs> and I love the story and how he does it. He's kind of a little shy there when he's talking to God, a little afraid he ain't going to zap him or something, you know. Uh, don't worry, God's not going to zap you. You can be really honest with God as Abraham was. And he didn't want to see the city destroyed. But, of course, God couldn't find 10 people. But it doesn't show that Abraham stopped, didn't stop. He kept on pursuing. That's what I want to get to. Keep on pursuing for the kingdom of souls, just as Abraham really wanted to do there. Also provide our daily bread. We need to pray for your daily bread. Don't be afraid to pray for yourself. Well, I need to pray for everybody. Well, you know, sometimes you're a little bit afraid maybe to pray for yourself. Well, you do need to pray for yourself and do pray for others. God's provision for you, your home, your family. I pray for provision for my children still. They're, you know, they're still my kids. They always will be. Pray for your grandkids and their provisions for them. You pray that for the provisions of your household. You better. And um, Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. And it says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock, I mean seek, 
and you shall find, knock, and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it is open. <clears throat> or what man of you, there of you, if he will ask his son for, for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he ask for a fish, will give him a serpent. And ye being then evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your, shall your father, which is heaven, give good gifts unto you that ask of him? Don't you think he will? I do. It tells me he will. So believe you can ask and you shall receive. And, that, and you know, sometimes you, it, we might say that sounds like you're, you know, he's like your genie. He is not your genie. You know, I don't want you to take it that way. You're asking sincerely. He is your father. It's just like when my kids come to me. You know, when my kids were little, you know, if they're going to ask him for something, you're going to give them a stone to eat. You're not going to do that. And God's not, gonna, God's not like that. I mean, you got to remember, God's made the image, you are made in the image and likeness of God. And believe it or not, God's more like you than you think. You've got a lot of thoughts of God in you. I, I, I really believe that. We are made in the image and likeness of God. <clears throat> not the sinfulness, but we were once made pure. Now, of course, we are sinful, but amen. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and 6. Four and six, and it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now here it really adds on thanksgiving, and we need to be thankful for the provisions and that God gives us. We need to have a thankful heart on how God blesses us. So with all prayer and supplication, we really need to give thanksgiving unto God for what he's doing for us that he's providing for us. And we all need forgiveness. I spoke about this before a little bit. But we need to be forgiven. We need forgiveness and we also need to forgive. For if we forgive not men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. But if you forgive men their trespasses, um, if you forgive, excuse me, not your men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. We need to first forgive. Really important. Be humbled. be, Be forgiving. And we know the story about this king that had a man that owed him a lot of money. And when I looked up this debt, I thought, woo, this guy owed him over $52 million. I'm telling you one thing, I don't have $52 million in my back pocket to pay him. I can't pay the king. You know, we had a debt we couldn't pay. But he forgave him. God will forgive you. It doesn't matter the amount. You know what? We're all sinners. We all have sin. We all have issues. God will forgive you. Don't be afraid to pray and be, be honest in what you've done. And he forgave him. But the problem was, is what I'm getting on to, is not forgiving others. But this servant, he went out and he had a servant and the guy only owed him $44. He couldn't forgive him his $44. That guy just made $52 million. I mean, he can't, you know, really, we need to be forgiving. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. And 10 through 14. And it says, Two men walked unto the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed 
thus unto himself, God, I thank you. I'm not like the other men. Oh, I'm God. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good, God, aren't I? You're lucky you got me. Oh, yeah, right. Extortioners, unjust. They're adulterers. And even like this publican over here, see that guy over there, I'm a lot better than he is. So that's what this guy thinks. And you now I even, you know, I fast twice a week, God. I give my tithes, I give them my possessions. But, you know, God didn't hear that guy. There was a publican there, and he was standing afar off. He couldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. He was pretty humble. He's pounding on his chest, asking God to forgive him. And who did God hear? God heard the publican, God heard the sinner. Don't you be so proud of yourself than how good we are. God will humble you. Amen. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive your sins. Confess your sins before the Lord. Lead us not into temptation. Uh, there's a little saying is, is, don't lead us into temptation because I can find it easy enough by myself. <laughs> You know, we need, to, we need to pray from the evil, the influence, the effect that the world has on us. Um, in 2 Peter 2 and 19, it says, The Lord knows how to deliver the, the godly out of temptation. God knows how to deliver you out of your temptations. You know, the temptations, the things that come across to you, God is able to deliver you. Pray, seek him. <clears throat> Romans 8 and 26, it says, Let likewise the Spirit also help us in our infirmities, our physical weaknesses. This is what it is your infirmities, your physical weaknesses, your physical defects, and your moral weaknesses. For I know not what I should pray as I ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Here it is again. Pray in the Spirit. God will help you through your issues that you're having. In Jude it says, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers at the last time who walk after ungodly lust, these who have separated themselves, essentially having not the spirit. They're out in the world, they're sinful. But ye... Beloved, build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'll tell you, I'd like to have the most holy faith, wouldn't you? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. And then you need to end your prayer in praise and worship. Praise Him once again. For thine is the kingdom of power and the glory. We praise and worship what? For who He is, for what He has done, and you know what? For what He's going to do and how He's going to answer our prayers. Amen. God bless you, and you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org. At